Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire Chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the game streams, website, and other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 121 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on February 16th, 2018, over on twitch.tv slash Chat. Big shout out to our live chat here. Thank you so much for joining us for another evening back in the tower. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Alongside me, we have the man who has been said to have the voice of the flower and an individual who goes by many different names, Justin Sane 0516. Justin, what guys do you have on for tonight's festivities? I'm glad you asked. My name is Nezarick. And if you won't come see me, come on down to Nezarick's Inn. We've always got room. <laughs> oh my god! That was Sorry. that was well done. Actually, that was actually really well done. <laughs> I give you credit for that story. There's there's more backstory there than I expected there to be. Well done. He's got it um, in. I just explained all the lore that we're going to talk about tonight. Yes. It's not Nezarek's sin. It's Nezarek's in. He's a keeper. <laughs> and some would say a bard. Oh, uh, no, why? Um. 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 Come on down, everybody. This reminds me of we'll the, Kai, the Kai song. Yeah. Guys, we'll, Kai's leave meat the, market. we'll leave the void fire on for you. Oh, God. <laughs> Starfire, Starfire Protocol says what? Oh, oh my gosh. We also have with us the grizzly bearded cultivator of Spinfoil himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how are you doing tonight? Well, I was better until freaking Justin did that, for God's sake. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? This is, this is why I, I come on the show and I just kind of go, what, what is life? What, what is, is life? life? I just, you make me question everything. But then again, you. I guess that's that's what this show is all about. So. What I'm here for. Um. Uh, <laughs> well, well, last week we asked... <laughs> We asked the community if, do you think that Nezarek is or was an alien? And the responses are in. And basically, I think the answers were actually pretty close. Uh, mm-hmm. Green Green sent over the breakdown, and it looks like 41%. So the majority of you said yes. So 41% said yes. Uh, and 35% said maybe, with only about 24% saying no. So it was actually... Pretty, pretty close close. on that. Um, We actually got a few uh, responses that we're going to definitely read. I know one of them I've already noted as possibly a conversation point later on. So I'm going to save that one actually for um, probably the dispatches section. But we uh, we also got uh, 
Anon Pig weighed in um, on on that the back of a tweet thread from John Goff that actually I also have as a as a conversation point. But he says that no, no, in my opinion, Nezarak is the launching point to explore the depth of the, the less impacted universe of Destiny. It's a pre-Golden Age text, which means even before an understanding of what we know light to be now and and simply was a coincidence. Um, and then Nick Tunes uh, says that Flavor Text says it was a pre-Golden Age, so it implies it was written on Earth and pre- predicts the collapse and the Traveler's sacrifice. So there's there was a there was a couple really good conversations, um, uh, and then we actually got a response from Evil. Evil Hans Ramore, um, but that's actually the one that I'm going to bring up later. So, so stick around. That one's actually a really that's, that's an inter, it's an interesting possible connection to Destiny One. Um, but so appreciate as always. I appreciate the feedback on that. This week's question to the community. Oh man, let's say you guys want to do what is the Deep Stone Crypt? I, I yes. mean, I mean, all right, it, right. Ooh. I actually after after some uh, recent uh goodness gracious what's the word concept art that came out there's uh, there's been some heavy thoughts from me on that one so if you if you want any hints from from what I think on that go check out some of the recent uh, vex concept there's some really cool things that get uh lined in so yes I think that's a, a very good all right cool all right, so we'll put that up as the question for this week is what is the Deepstone Crypt? Um, so be sure to sound off and let us know your thoughts on that one. And looking forward to diving into the discussion. I know Justin and Beard are as well. So let's run through our standard intro notes and then we'll get right into it. Hooray. Our topic for this week's chat is going to be a look at Nezarak's Sin. Before we jump into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes to run through. In our last chat, we discussed The Reef and Awoken. If you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out the new FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate and, if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whatever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews in particular are extremely helpful as they help us show up on charts and help others find the FFC community. To those who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday, at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our show notes or on our website. Podcasts focused on Destiny include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian One, a Destiny group that is dedicated to Guardians helping Guardians and discussing current Destiny news and happenings, Ghosts and Echoes, which is a collection of the Destiny audio grimoire from Destiny One, and the network's newest edition, This Guardian Life, which is a podcast from the casual Guardians perspective that highlights all Guardians, large and small. We do also have a non-Destiny-focused podcast, The Enthusiast Life, which is a podcast that discusses a wide range of fun topics from within the entertainment world. 
Our next chat is going to be a discussion on exos and artificial intelligence. So be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at Focus Fire Chat, or within our Discord server. I've asked Green to put together a high-level summary of tonight's topic, and this is what she had to say. What is Nezarek's sin? So wicked, so divine, is that he will never cower when dusk does fall, but stand vigilant as old stars die, and new light, capital L, blinks its first upon this fated eternity. Clues lie in the text we have been given, but answers do not. He is that which is end, that which covets sin, the purest light, the darkest hour, and he, yes, capital H, shall rise again. He is not a demon, but a fiend, which can be defined in a few different ways. When the guiding shine fades and all seems lost, he will call to you. Fear not, all he offers is not as dark as it may seem. What does he offer, and why does he call to you in the times when guiding shine fades? Who is Nezarak, and why is he so important to D2 lore? Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Nezarak's sin, however, let's look at this week's Lost Lore. So I think actually what I'm I was thinking for Lost Lord this week is actually going to be, you know, usually we try to get something somewhat connected, um, which, to be honest, is a little difficult uh, for this week's because. Right. Um, but yeah. I did I did find an interesting potential, very, 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 very let me emphasize very thin connection to an item from the Taken King, actually. Uh, and that is the sins of Karad Tan, um, which we kind of talked about a little bit back and forth uh, previously, especially when it first came out, because it was kind of um, it was a kind of mysterious little tidbit that never really seemed to go anywhere. Um, but I found it interesting that we we see Nezarak. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the entry here in a second. Green was kind enough to record a her reading it and also for the intro. So I have I have the reading from Green for the entry item that we'll get to here in a second. But um, the the entry emphasizes that Nezarak is something that covets sin. And then we have the really the only other major connection to the concept of sins is well we have the sins of the past, which is recently from the um Oh, it's uh, I think it's Callus uh, basically saying that he's going to take take uh, revenge upon the the Cabal peoples and that the the Red Legion are going to pay for the sins of their past. But then prior to that, really honestly, we had sins of Karad Tan, um, and this this item literally just says, "For you are not the first hero, nor even Oryx the first villain to meet upon this plane," and that's it. Um. But I was just curious on your guys' thoughts, actually, Beard and Justin. I was just curious. Do you think that there is a possible connection 
between that item and Nezarak because of the the connection again of that cyclical not being the first hero, not being the first villain, and then what we later what we will later talk about with Nezarak and his entire presentation as kind of this villainous fiend. Justin, do you have anything before? Um, yeah, I don't know if this item's tied to it, but the the um, the theme of the fact that um, this is this is a recurring cyclical universe we live in is definitely is definitely tied in. So, it, in a way, any way you slice it, it's it's all related because. Um, Nezarek seems to be, um, the common denominator in terms of like, if you, if you kind of read the card, I, well, we'll get, we'll get into it a little bit later, but you, you get a pretty strong Ragnarok vibe. Um, Mm -hmm. or or at least, or at least I did. And, and I get the, I get the feeling that, that the only, the only constant throughout all these cycles of creation and destruction is probably Nezarek. So I don't know if the item sins of Karatan are, it is um, in and of itself specific to Nezarek, but the, the concept sure does fall in line. Hmm. Beard. What yeah. I, I kind of fall into the same idea in a way. Uh, if there is a connection, in some regard, uh, I wonder if the if we really do take it at face value with like just the the fact that there's uh, sins in both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if maybe Karatan and Nezarek are uh, two peas in a pod, if you will, yeah, they're, that's, they're linked yeah. up in, in some kind of regard. That's the only thing I could really think. Uh, if there is, uh, otherwise. Yeah, it, it's it stems from the fact that I I don't already have a, I'm going to probably be the big party pooper here on on this episode to begin with. Uh, it, it stems from the fact that I don't exactly have a very good uh, inkling on the ideas behind Nazarek to begin with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't really give me a lot of care to connect this item to something that could possibly be utilized in a a different ordeal for later because talking about uh being met on a different plane of some kind that tells me that's like a a another the ascendant realm basically uh and we only know that the hive kind of end up meeting on that realm not that the you know the vex are apparently pretty close to it so there is possibility i'm sure that other uh beings could also be linked to their realm in some regard I don't know. Uh, I, I think I'm talking in circles in some cases here. I just don't see a lot that could kind of connect to this unless we go by like really, really more uh, direct cases with the wording that they have there. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, the other the other thing that kind of to me is, I mean, and again, this is just kind of me you know beard and i we were we were joking before the show about how thinking too much into questions um <laughs> but like to me if you look at a very uh bit like a close up rendering of uh karadtan's item the item it's a it's basically a stone dagger 
Um, But if you look at the scroll work that is in the hilt, and then you look at the horns on the Nezirak Sins just base, not the, not the, um, I can't remember what the ornament's called, but not, not the ornament version, but just the plain one. They have a very sim, I I don't know, to me, they have a very similar feel, but I also really am kind Mm -hmm. of also in agreement with you beard on the, uh, the idea that maybe Karad Tan and Nezirak are opposites. You know, I mean, we do have the, there that also begs and or begs the question of what is the 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 Tan title? You know, mm-hmm. we have Ulan Tan, uh, who is a mm. huge proponent of the symmetry, which we you know we we've talked about that quite a bit. Ulan Tan seems to be coming into importance, if you know the recent quotes about the Nightfall are any indication. I, right, right. I mean, I, and I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to learn more about Ulan Tan, um, mm-hmm. mostly because I'm very curious about that part of but uh, that part. Um, you know, it seems like there's a connection there to something, something more, something you know, not necessarily darker, but something deeper. Um, yeah. And and then that begs the question. So, like, and it, the the thing that also kind of strengthens my connection you know this is obviously all conjecture but my thing that also strengthens the the idea that karad tan is connected to ulan tan is that the item is specifically called out the sins of his like it's the sins of karad tan so i mean there's there's something like what what exactly does that you know there's there's this just like this this story that is just out of reach and I love things like that as much as they frustrate me love them. <laughs> so, but yeah, like I said, um, yeah, go for it, Justin. Oh no, I was just going to say sins from whose perspective. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. and that, and that's, but that, that right. I mean, you know, that's, that's correct. And that kind of actually is a good segue into the, the idea of, you know, who is Nezarak? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, basically what we can say for certain is that um, we don't know. (laughs) All right, we're done. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, that's a good show. That's great. job. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, like, so, I mean, really, honestly, uh, we know that what we know for certain really is he's an unknown entity. Um, I really actually couldn't even say he it is an unknown entity uh the documentation that we do have is recorded and is noted as being pre golden age um and i i kind of when i read that you know justin i know you said you kind of had a ragnarok vibe to it i actually kind of beg i i kind of asked this question in the discord and i don't really know if if everyone really jumped on it as much as i was thinking they would but my idea was this to me kind of yells a connection to the golden age card. Actually, uh, we're in the golden age card. We, we specifically see the arrival of the traveler as being this, um, the shattering of, of old paradigms and philosophical frameworks. And, you know, this, this awakening to a paracausal, uh, nature of existence. And, my question was, is like, what if, what if the worship, if you want to call it that of Nezirak was one of those paradigms that got kind of uprooted, you know, you know, the overthrowing of this religious or philosophical framework, um, that we see in the golden age card, you know, this would be very similar to, and by no means am I 
am I saying this is going to be on the same level, but I mean, very, very similar to the shift from a, a, uh, a Terra centric to a heliocentric, you know, model of the universe, which was a huge, huge deal in the 17th century. Um, right. You know, in that, that, well, I, I can definitely get into that a little bit, but, um, you know, that, that was the whole thing with Galileo, Copernicus, you know, that entire thing, um, which, but, you know, anyway, it, it's like the romanticized version is very far different from the actual historical account of the, the situation, which is pretty usual. But, um, you know, at that time, that was a very, very big challenge that the scientists of the time, which were mostly uh, religious priests because that was the the seat of the educational you know powerhouse um you know that that was a very big throwing of of everything out the window to shift the idea that you know our our universe is not centered around the earth but is rather centered around you know a star the sun um you know, it it shifted away from an egocentrical model that was very predominant and you know to a, a pretty more removed model which i i kind of imagine as similar to as when the traveler shows up and it's like oh well everything we know about physics really isn't really isn't accurate like well you know, that's demonstrated too with uh, with Ikora having to make you know 12 volumes of circles right circles to go ahead circles and have to like redo everything Right, 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 and I mean, and and that that to me also is really similar to to Galileo and Copernicus's works, um, mm-hmm. because like they they did very similar things. Like, I mean, actually, mm-hmm. most most physicists of the time were also you know astronomers. You know, they were jacks of all trades as far as educational circles go. Not to kind of draw that pun, but um, uh, eh, eh. but. Uh, but they 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 kind of dabbled in everything, and that was because it was a very holistic model there. Um, but well, they so, almost had to, like, right? Right? Oh yeah, the, definitely. The basic scientists or early scientists like had to compare and connect a lot of stuff. Part of it too was they had to hide a lot of their work, so to keep it within like basic literature or something like that, and to keep it as. Uh, fiction until they could otherwise release it to the public in less of a, a ordained idea, uh, because most of it was going against like what what the Bible said and what most other scripture ended up stating. Right. Uh, if and- you were if not in like the the Arab lands early on, you were not experience uh, experiencing like this science outcropping the way that it was. Right. And like, well, I mean, and and for Galileo, especially, um, you know, he was he was responding in kind to Copernicus's theories, to Kepler's theories, you know, all these different thoughts that were at at the time also realized, like I said, most of the people that they were protecting themselves were were actually not religious. It was actually against their peers in the scientific realms um, because they they view they were very very um vehement about the the paradigms that they that they existed in on certain mm-hmm. points and you know i mean you know flat earthers for example you know that was right. a very big debate that was very big debate and and that stems from you know going back to like the the religious texts for a second there 
you know, that stems from the concept of uh, what's what's usually called in language or etymology or semantics as phenomenological uh, language, which is basically language in which um, a good example is like the sun rises. Okay, so in our in our world, the sun rises, but in reality, it's not the sun doesn't really. I mean, the sun's moving, but in retrospect, it's Earth that is actually rotating. But we say the sun rises. We say the sun rises because in our experience, which is what phenomenology is, in our experience, the sun is rising. So, like, and there is there was arguments even in Galileo's time by the own by their by you know bishops at that time uh, that. You know, they were defending Galileo's theories uh, because they were arguing against the what was basically seen as too literal of a reading of some of the passages that, you know, were being used to to criticize him. Um, I'll actually I actually have a couple really good articles about the 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 actual historical accounts of Galileo um, as connected to Copernicus and to Kepler. Uh, and it's really interesting, like the political side of Galileo, he actually, uh, was not as a revolutionary as think as most people as a, as popular opinion holds him to be. He was actually not, um, but his theories were very, very accurate in, and interestingly enough, he wasn't a huge proponent of pushing his own theories simply because at the time he didn't have the technology actually to disprove what was actually one of the staunchest defenders of the non-heliocentric model, which was Aristotle and Plato, uh, because they were, so basically the entire explanation for that was the, I think it's the parallax. I'm trying to remember that one off the top of my head, but it's the parallax of the stars, I believe, which is basically the explanation of why stars travel the way they do in the night sky. Um, he he uh, he couldn't prove so Aristotle's disc or disproof of a heliocentric model was it wouldn't prove th- reliably the movement of stars as well as the the basically what the the opposite of heliocentric is the Earth is the center um, mm-hmm. and Galileo was like well no like if a heliocentric it theoretically would do this and it would be able to explain it but he couldn't back it up because he didn't have sophisticated enough instruments to track the stars which was it's a a really fascinating like actual like debate not between him and the church as everyone kind of really plays it up to be but it's really between him and the scientific community and the the ancient thoughts of a lot of the western philosophers and the western thinkers um which were predominantly at the time again you know given the social hierarchy of education at the time yes there were quite a few religious figures in the education system but that was just simply because the the monks were the ones who could read so but um but to go back to nezarak the reason i was kind of finding that interesting is that this was another you know a a big shout out to a pre-golden age thing um and we know what really was the catalyst of the golden age was the arrival of the traveler. And we actually have the, the golden age card um, in which we kind of get a, a glimpse at, you know, understandably the massive upheaval that such an alien arrival, literally an alien arrival would cause. Um, but I, real quick, do you want to, you want to have, uh, I, I have the recording from green. If we want to, um, go through that 
if you guys are okay Do with it. that real quick. All right. Yeah. So. What does the text say? Nezarak's sin. He is that which is an end, and he shall rise again. Passage from Of Hated Nezarak, a pre-Golden Age text. He is that which is end, that which covets sin, the final god of pain. The purest light, the darkest hour, and he shall rise again. When the guiding shine fades and all seems lost, he will call to you. Fear not. All he offers is not as dark as it may seem. For Nezarak is no demon, but a fiend. Ark and vile and ways unknown. He is a path and a way, one of many. And his sin, so wicked, so divine, is that he will never cower when dusk does fall, but stand vigilant as old stars die, and new light blinks its first upon this fated eternity. Passage from Of Hated Nezarak So, actually, the more and more I read or hear this particular entry, I'm actually growing really fond of it. Um, But I'm going to let Beard, Justin, do you guys have initial thoughts? Justin, go. go. Okay, go, Beard. Okay, I'm going to go. Okay, go, go. Justin. One of you go. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. First of all. This passage is so metal. Like you could put like a double kick drum and some really loud guitar and just like scream. He is that which is in that which covets sin, the final God of pain. Like it's very, very metal. Um, But yes, um, as far as Nezarek goes, I kind of feel like um, he is the he is the physical embodiment of um contradiction like he is contradiction in terms and his only real sin is being outside the outside the laws of creation and destruction so he is the i i think nezarek is the the crux of the whole thing. He's the alpha and the omega. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he creates and destroys, but he definitely exists outside of the creation and destruction. Beard, what about you? Mm. <laughs> and I'm going to go with he's absolutely nothing and he's nothing but... Uh... But but some some fiction that's been produced from the Golden Age. Uh, I don't really hold a lot of uh, necessary care towards this story so far, only because we have so little information. Uh, but if I were to even consider, you know, some of the basic ideas behind it, we're we're able to track down that this is a pre Golden Age tech. Uh, we're not necessarily 
we, we know for a fact that like the books of sorrow that are also pre golden age, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have like a full blown understanding of what time period that comes from. Uh, mm-hmm. We just know mm-hmm. that they are pre golden age. If that makes sense, I I don't know. I'm I'm hard pressed to think of it as anything but just a story because of that reasoning. Uh, I don't see I don't see a lot of fact. So, like I said, I'm going to be the the real Debbie Downer. On <laughs> no, no, it's it's a I mean it's a valid it's a valid point. Um, I really yeah I, I kind of like where Justin Justin was going with the contradiction though because it, that does seem to me to be a big to be a big point in this this short little text that we do have. Um, mm. I. I read it as like the contrast as uh, the contrast in the description actually kind of promotes the view of a figure that is something that's beyond expression. That's something more. You see this, you see this a lot in, in religious texts, you know, like you saw it in the books of sorrow a bit uh, with like the formless one. You, you saw it, you see it in even real, real world religious texts, scriptures, um, you know, there the different canons of the different religions around the world have have all have figures that um defy human language, uh, and mm-hmm. and that's that's a huge that's a huge common thread between all of them, and, and it's it's you know it's human it's human nature to kind of look at those things. Uh, that's where a lot of arguments for advanced life, you know, as as gods uh, from you know Arthur C. Clarke's works kind of come from is this mm-hmm. we 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 uh someone of advanced technology beyond what our minds can incorporate it comes into space magic you know that's that's where that theme kind of comes from um the interesting thing for me actually is if you pull up the text and this is this is where i'm actually kind of intrigued um okay so if you pull up the text for Nezarak's sin You'll. I, I noticed one of the first things that I noticed about this was actually the change in punctuation. Um, I know that's that's a really odd thing, but if you read it at the beginning of the text, the word "he" is capitalized, um, and the word "light" is not. But at the end of the text, the word "he" is not capitalized, and the light is. And so I'm curious. Uh, as to Beard or Justin, your guys' thoughts on do, and again, a lot of this episode is going to be conjecture. So just, you know, keep, keep that within the grain of salt before you, before you start coming at me with pitchforks on this one. But do you think that could be a nod of transference of power and the arrival of something like the traveler and the, the making of awareness of the light? Hmm. If it's uh, not something, no, no, go ahead. Go ahead I'm sorry. sorry. No, you go ahead. I... If it's not something like that, then yeah, it could be. If we're if we're to take it as like a let's let's go with like the the Bible, for, where sometimes it says he capitalized, and it would end up being reference to God or perhaps towards Jesus, uh, or we could go totally different, go Powerpuff Girls, in which case it's him, you know. <laughs> um, ooh, ooh. Uh, but the, the the same kind of idea uh, applies mm-hmm. in that respect no matter which way you look 
just capitalizing obviously implies uh different uh different reasoning for te- uh talking about those particular people that way uh mm-hmm. to to point them out in that regard uh so yes it could be something different uh it it could also unfortunately play back to what we were just talking about with Carrie Tan uh we, right. we don't know if it's maybe talking about him uh there's there's so little info to go by for it. Right, right, um, right. Um, the other the other thing too is you know um, the it crack. I mean, it just it's also beard. I know you're gonna strangle me, but the bias in the presentation, right? You oh know, yeah. I mean, it, and it's 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 something that we need to recognize too is that this is completely you know we're, we're meant to read this as as biased presentations of information, which we have to throw in there when we're trying to interpret it. And you know, like like you've said a couple times, we don't have a lot. Like we we don't we don't have a <laughs> lot. So you know, it, it's it's definitely definitely just a a question I had. Uh, Justin, what did, what were your thoughts? Um, well, I, I think there's definitely something to it. It, if you, if you go and I didn't notice it the first couple of read throughs, but yeah, if you, if you kind of look through it, um, there's definitely a shift. Um, and, and I don't know if that, that implies that there's some sort of disembodying type of rebirth happening. Not so mm. much that that he doesn't get he he withstands the creation and destruction but it's very possible that he's taken apart and put back together each time um and then in terms of the capital light at the end um it kind of makes sense um the primary force of creation and and um you know the destiny universe is the you know the bait star or the, the traveler. Um, oh, yeah, so the bait star. Yeah, yep. No, uh, the bait star. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah. Well, actually, I, I can see that. I can see that. I don't. I don't. When you say transference of power, though, that that makes it that makes it seem to me more like um, the torch is being passed to another. And I, I just, I don't know, just the, the mm. whole wording of this, of this doesn't passage seem like he would pass much it. more. Well, it, it, it does, but it's much more like it's a passing of the torch to himself. Like, uh, okay. Well, and you know what? That's actually, that's a really good point because uh lady Voidfire in chat actually is making that same point. Uh, she said, just well, re- it must be good. Right, right, right. Um, she said, just reread the text from the helmet, and it sounds a bit like the scrolls of Pythia from Battlestar Galactica. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. talking about a particular person, but whomever is going to fill that role of, quote, he. Like, we don't necessarily mm-hmm. know who he will be yet. Interesting. Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. Weren't, weren't, there, weren't there six Cylons? A final yes, fire team? Six, a final fire six. team of Cylons? That's the final raid. Destiny 10 confirmed yep silence we are all toasters we will there will be silent toast i mean i'm already a i'm already a toaster 
Oh, it was final. Was oh, it man. final five or was it final six? Sorry, live chat's throwing final five. I got to look this up real quick. Are you a brave little toaster? Are you a brave? Yes. Oh my gosh! Best movie ever. He's amazing. <laughs> would, blue would totally be the vacuum. Oh, I was thinking there was Caprica six. I thought there was there were okay. Final five was the very final. Okay. Holy guys! Ooh, hey, I've got something you guys need to look at. Uh, this is dangerous. This is dangerous. Uh, everybody's living that two screen life, right? <laughs> uh, do me a favor. Pull up the stag. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I know where you're going yeah. with this. <laughs> look, look, look at look at Nezarek Sin right. and look at the stag. And it's not so much the shape of Nezarek Sin. It's the image of what's underneath it. That kind of shadowy outline. Oh, jeepers, creepers. I yeah, didn't see that. Baby. <laughs> yeah. Justin, Justin always loves when he gets something like this. Oh, yeah. Only bones for your feast. Only <laughs> death for my victory. And the perk on the stag is dearly departed. Why are you going to make me think of Kingdom oh Hearts again? Oh, my God. Why? Oh, my God. The armor perk for this, the stag, dearly departed, grants rift energy when you are critically wounded on your death, creates a brief healing rift on your corpse. Destruction and creation. That's it. That's a wrap, folks. Did it. <laughs> Holy <laughs> That is the stag, right? I mean, do you not see? You guys see that? I I see it. I don't know if I really would want to count that as a stagnose uh, as a thing. No, hashtag stagnose. <laughs> <Hashtag stag-nose. laughs> okay, guys. All right, everyone in live chat, do me a favor. Go in Bungie Armory and look up the stag. Then look up Nezarak Sin and just look at the stagnose that's underneath. It's a stag wearing a space helmet. Yeah, you you don't even need to bring up the stag. Honestly, you can just look into the reflection on Nezarex and you can see it. Yeah, now you I can. If I could see that, like in game, especially especially yeah. with the nostrils. Yeah, I yeah. totally and, see that. And I thought I that that just because Green wasn't here, we were the only ones going stag. But apparently, Nezarek is going stag oh, as well. <laughs> am I right or am I right? <laughs> I just love Green the exasperation, the exasperation of beer. Uh. Come on, <laughs> that was a long trip around the horn for a stag party joke. You gotta at least, you gotta at least applaud. Craft, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> but seriously, I think I'm onto something here. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to look into this. <laughs> which guys, which tells me exactly how did you stumble across this to begin with? Uh, well, I actually stumbled across it because I thought that the I thought that Nezarek Sin looked like the ram almost in the facial structure. And right. then I looked up on Bungie Armory, the ram, and then funnily enough, and that's actually not Bungie Armory, it is Destiny Tracker. 
Destiny Tracker said, no, you don't want to look at the RAM. You want to look at the stag. Look at the stag. Look at the stag. And then I looked at the stag. And here we are. <laughs> I did want to look at the stag. I did. The other funny thing is, if you look at the stag, the side on the side of it, you can see where potentially those little horns were attached. Okay. So you see yeah, that? Yeah. No. Where the? Yeah, I do. It's not. Yes, but that's also pretty not. typical. With like that, the now you're the, gonna make me actually like bring up the freaking game so I can look at this because <laughs> if that's gonna be the case because okay. the the skull of Diarahamkara would also follow the the same suit with the way that they kind of brace the bone in with the the holding. Uh, the way that the horns come out from the side on Nezarek, yeah, they've kind of got those slots filled up, which is the weird part about it. But if you do look at the way that the skull of Diarahamkara and the stag both have the helmet portion and then the bone strapped into the helmet, mm-hmm. uh, they all kind of have that those slots those that are ports. there. Okay. I mean, I would kind of figure that they're more for the ears so that you could actually hear. True, yeah. But like, like I, I don't know how far I want to take that. Yeah. But yes. I am. I'm gonna yeah. actually bring up the game so I can take a look at that because I've got all. Now three I of those can't. Now I can't game. not see the stag. See, this is what yeah, Justin does. This is what Justin does. Is he ruins things for everyone? So, <laughs> well, and that's why yeah, I want starfish of death. We are, we are all here by dumb luck. That is, <laughs> Did you see my response? Story of our <laughs> lives. <laughs> that is. The size of things. But do you want to know what actually got me thinking that way, wanting to look at the RAM and stuff? I actually broke down the word Nezarek. Um, uh-huh. And it's actually a tough, it's a little bit of a tough cookie. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's not a simple anagram for something. Yeah. Mm, uh, not really. I, I, <laughs> I haven't found it yet. I, I already but, thought of that. Trust me. I uh, didn't get anywhere. Uh, <laughs> it was very unfruitful. It was a waste yeah. of an hour that I will never get back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, but there's actually, um, and this is a reach. This is a reach. Is um, A Nessa. halo reach? No, it's not a halo reach. It's not that far. It's not a halo. Sorry, ahead to. It's much more like fall of harvest. But um, no, uh, Neza is actually the Slaven form of Agnes, um, who is uh, associated uh, with animals, baby animals, and the lamb. Mm-hmm. And then, if you if you go into etymology, um, the root wreck is often associated with rightness. To rectify is to make or set right. Rectitude is uprightness. A rector is a headmaster who is often a very correct individual. So, um, Nazarek is the lamb of rightness confirmed. Thank you. I think we can move on. Um, And then we found out, not quite a lamb, more so a stag. And now that Beard's caught up, I think we can move on. <laughs> now, beard's caught. That's right with you. No, that beard. You know, actually, so. that kind of brings me to the point of who I was going to bring from Twitter. Uh, evil, evil Hans Remeray uh, points out a possible, and actually, I see um, 
chat justin did research um no earlier in chat someone brought this up too uh, but but there was there is a connection possibly possibly another very very out there connection possibly to uh psylocke because one of the recorded comments from psylocke is bless i think it's blessed is the nastareth nastareth yeah which i mean it again you know if we start making those connections they're going to be left and right but it is a it is an interesting because it is somewhat similar to nezarak is nastareth um i don't know what do you guys do you guys put any do you think that that particular bucket holds any water i just read nasty wrath (laughs) (laughs) you will you will feel my nasty wrath i don't know so much for a a serious conversation and there goes the seriousness (laughs) research 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 dismissed (laughs) yeah there is no bucket the bucket is a lie um what do you think beard Sorry, I'm finally looking at the helmets. Um, so stag. I well, I don't actually have the stag on this account. I thought I did on PC, but I don't. I don't um, have any of them. Yeah, I've got Nezarex. <laughs> I've got uh, why is that? Justin Skull of Dire Ahamkara. I, I mean, it's probably because you don't play Warlock. <laughs> no, Uncultured it Swine. was. It was um, no. It was because I was Warlocked out. Oh, I do have stag. Hang on, let me get that out of my collection. <laughs> All right, it's done. Let me check I that. Let me check that out. Let me, uh, let me, let me do that. Anyway, do Nasty I hold any? Rash. Yeah, I. Uh, it's a stretch. Uh, is right, is there right. a possible truth behind it? I mean, is there a possible truth that Ezrek actually is something? Sure. Uh, that's where I'm. I'm kind of left to question. You know, is is it a true possibility? Is it just something that kind of exists? Is it just there? I don't. When I start seeing when I start seeing names that I have to go ahead and start like really, you know, if you can tort it this way, that way, flip it upside down, and then go ahead and like blow on it a few times, then you end up getting something out of it. I I just kind of go, all right, you know, the spin foil's great, but that's how far we're gonna go with this. I don't know. That's that's where I kind of stand with it. I'm usually in I'm usually in that position as well, so. Mm. Um well, No, go yeah. for it, Justin. No, I was just going to say you know why the Indian rain dance works, right? <laughs> Cuz you don't stop dancing till it rains. Just saying. Kind of funny that I'm looking at the crown of tempest right now. <laughs> <laughs> that would otherwise like tie that back. So uh, good, good timing there, Mister Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm up, just saying. Still... Just because it's a reach, just because it's a reach, doesn't mean it doesn't. You know, it's not valid. So, I guess something that we could almost point out. You know how most uh, warlock helmets, when you look at them, there's either like something somewhere that makes sense on like the visor mm-hmm. Nezare- and it and it doesn't seem like it ends it it seems like it kind of just keeps going or there's some other detailed ornamenting behind it that uh kind of calls back to it 
And as I'm sitting here looking at something like the Skull of Dire Ahamkara, where that has like the black void that's on the inside of the main face mask uh, between the gold filigree. If you look at the stag, the stag has the fire in the eyes. Uh, the Crown of Tempests has the the storm that's like inside the visor. Uh, Eye of Another World, just to kind of cover all my bases, looks like it's the literal, your your head is a literal galaxy. Uh, Nesarex is weird only because it's finite. It has a sheen over it, but there's nothing that you see otherwise inside of it. Uh, it is just a, a reflective surface that kind of bounces back whatever it sees. Uh, and thus you end up getting something like the, the way that the stag is kind of built or the way that it almost uh, otherwise looks. And the formation of the front of the helm, I don't want to say is beak-like or, or like a something similar to it, but it does seem like it comes to a point almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and almost like the slot that's down the center of the face uh, it is almost like it's missing something to insert into it. Uh, if I've got anything on my spin foil that I could add into it, I guess that's about it. Like it, it literally does feel like there's something that you could fit into this uh, slit right down the front. And getting back to my other ideas too, with the uh, where the bones sit uh, with the the ear plates, basically, uh, I see that on every single helmet that okay. the locks okay. have. So it is It is just something either as there for brace or is there as kind of like that main graft motif, I guess. That's the the best way I could kind of see it. Okay, so all the, all the warlock helmets have those, port, those ports on the, the side? Yeah, I'm going to say there's, uh, at, at least of the exotic ones. Uh, okay. Let me get my ego talents here real fast, but... Yeah, I even see them off of Ego Talons. They're like a mount, and then off the back of the Ego Talons, you got the the frills that come off the back like the bird. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But that's the other one that uh, that kind of fits. Yeah, even Ego Talons has the uh, the darkness uh, motif going inside of it, like the Dire of Dire Ahamkara. Kind of find that funny. <laughs> um, only one that's weird the. Eye of another world has like there it's pat it actually has a pattern right like a it, it why is that a diamond and why does that make me think of Dido oh on the that's, eye of another world yeah yeah oh boy oh boy oh boy <laughs> not welcome, good welcome to the good spin luck. foil yeah good apparently luck. anyway. The other, the other one that I really, actually, really enjoyed reading was John Goff's Twitter thread, and this was actually from a while back, where he was like Destiny's first movie, and he like basically lays out this Children of the Corn kind of presentation of of hated Nezarak. So I was just curious, like what? I mean, obviously it was a little. He, I mean, even he was like, yeah, this is tongue in cheek. But he was he was talking about like how, you know, this this is really cool because it opens up a a whole nother avenue of of lore and of story potential within the Destiny universe because, you know, we now could 
you know, maybe eventually see stories from before golden age or during the golden age, you know, and, and stuff like that. There's a whole, there's a whole, you know, and I think that's what Anon was kind of talking about too, was there's this whole aspect of unexplored quality within the destiny universe. Um, and really honestly, that's, that's, I think we're some of the, the enjoyment of the mystery for the Nezirak for me, at least kind of comes from is that there's, as much as there's not that we don't know, there's a ton of potential for it, right? You know, there, right. it's it's the, the 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 roads open, like as far as which direction we want to go with it, or which direction I guess Bungie wants to go with it. Um, so I was just I was just curious. Have you guys have you did you guys see that one from John? I don't know if you guys had seen that one. I did not. Um, no, I missed that one. <laughs> It was just, it was really funny. Like he, yeah, it was, uh, it sounds hilarious. It's well, and he's like, it's like a, uh, Oh gosh, of course I didn't link it, but, um, of course. Yeah. I was looking for God. Thanks. I I failed. I failed at it. Um, (laughs) but no, he's like, it's, it's a pre golden age, you know, children of the corn type thing where Nezarak has to be, you know, they're trying to stop the rise of Nezarak or whatever. And it was just, it was just one of those, like, I totally see. I want, I want him to do a comic book of it now. Yeah. I'd like it. I I want, that would make me very happy. That made me a very happy person. Let's not get me talking about comics again. (laughs) (laughs) Why? It was such a positive experience last time. We talked about love lives and we talked about friendship, how it's magic. It is magic. Timur agrees with you. Um, I, I'm like, I, I'll be honest guys. Oh no, actually, hang on. I do have one more thing to talk about before I say, I don't have anything else to talk about. Let me, let me, uh, let me go back on that. All right. So I did want to actually bring up and I completely forgot about this. So I'm glad I looked down at my notes. Um, there are two things actually. One is another kind of, uh, text analysis um Mm. within the entry there is a point at which let me find the exact line it says for nezrak is no demon but a fiend arch and vile in ways unknown um and it kind of goes on he says he is a path and a way one of many so real real quick just to clarify here a demon Hang on, let me back that up. A fiend is a demon, but a demon is not a fiend. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the the actual definition of demon uh, from you know our handy dandy dictionary is demon is an evil spirit or devil, especially one thought to possess a person or act as a tormentor in hell. Whereas a fiend is described as an evil spirit or demon, uh, archaically it actually is synonymous with the devil or even a wicked or cruel person. 
So de- a fiend is actually a more specific and generally speaking in de- de- demonological terms, a more powerful form of a demon. A demon is usually like an underling or someone who is who who is understood to be doing the the he carries out the wishes of the fiend. <clears throat> um, and then that actually brings me to another point that I found interesting within this particular piece is that it states that he is a path and a way one of many. So this to me is an interesting because that presents the picture of not a monotheistic belief, but a, a pantheon and that kind of transcends into, okay. So one of the big things about pantheons is that what you usually see a lot of times in them is each particular deity or or figure um, is a personification of some something, right? And Justin, you kind of touched on this earlier when you said he was kind of like the personification of contradiction um, or the personification of, you know, Beard, I think you said personification of nothing, which is which is another interesting trope as well. But, um, you know, this, this anthropomorphic personification is very popular in pantheons um and so that begs the question what is what is nezarak you know if that's the case what is he a personification of is he a personification of chaos is he a personification of something unexplainable the unexplained uh you know the catalyst of change you know it, it he is he's kind of described as the god of pain or well i mean he is described as the god of pain uh, that which covets sin, but then in the flip side, he's also described as the purest light. Um, you know, he's the the one that doesn't back down when things are in dire straits. And so these are very admirable qualities, but at the same time, he's a very despicable figure. Um, and so I'm curious on your on you know that one. You see that a lot with what's called it's called a liminal being. Uh, and this is from from the word liminal, which is a threat, which means threshold. Um, and you usually see that a lot where you know you have like these things that are again deities usually, but you you see um, things that are not explainable. Um, and, and a lot of times within like the trope system and stuff like that, liminal beings are really dangerous as far as storytelling, because they're really susceptible to loopholes, um, because by their nature, they can't be described or explained. And so if you're not careful, you can really get in trouble with them. Um, but there's also a really, really common motif that is usually paired with a form of liminal being called a duality motif, which is where you have like the light and dark and, you know, the person who, who is going through a transformation. You see that, you know, in the hero's journey, which we kind of talked about when we were talking about storytelling uh, with uh, Campbell, uh, which, which is, you know, that is its own contentious debate on, on that whole, that whole trope. Um, But the liminal being is something that is a threshold entity. And so that's kind of where I'm kind of seeing a personification of this, this transformation, but is it a transformation from evil to good or from good to evil? Or is it just something that's eternally locked in that, in that process, you know, that, that umbra of between the two States, if you will, it's a third path. Hmm. 
Any hmm. any thoughts? Any uh, no no. I mean, it it still plays back to my idea that yeah, it could be you know a storytelling element. I guess this is kind of okay. bad. So, a little bit, I get. I, huh? Sorry, chat. Chat is chat is in the middle of a painful <laughs> debate right now. But oh. the pan to Saint fourteen. He walked out in the oh. de- demon light, and at the end, he was brighter. Oh, oh no! <laughs> Pain cannot be Nazareth. No, 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 no! Not, not that, not that. No, 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 no. But Saint Fourteen, he walked in like the Pain to Saint Fourteen says that he walked yeah. into a demon light, and at the end, he was brighter. Well, here you have where where's the line? Uh, the final god of pain, the purest light, the darkest hour. Um, when the guiding sh- when the guiding shine fades and all seems lost, he will call to you. You know, uh, what was it? there was another one. Uh, he will never cower when dust does fall, but will but stand vigilant as old stars die. Mm-hmm. So I mean, now granted, that's also in line with him being described as a fiend arch and vile <laughs> and you know he does the, he, all that he promises is not dark as it seems <laughs> so so i mean take it for what you will but i'm gonna say it's one of those things where you go oh is it really oh what are we saying here <laughs> mm. yeah that's um accurate I don't know if I have much on it, to be honest. I, uh, as much as I, I know that there is probably something extra that we could pull from that, especially considering the, the differences in deities, demons, so on. Uh, this, it, it adds so little in, in terms of like helping me to feel like this is something, not a story. Uh, right, right. Any portion. So I guess my my counterpoint to that, though, too, is realizing the importance of stories uh, mm-hmm. within within like cultural analysis, uh, which okay. I know I know like in, in beard. I know you probably know where I'm going with this, but uh, people are probably like, what, what is, why do we care? It's a video game. But the thing is, is like going back to a pretty, pretty, um, still hotly debated Twitter conversation between some of the writers from Bungie about mm-hmm. the canonical nature of the, the grimoire and, you know, what, what exactly is going on. Um, I think that actually to, to kind of keep a, I'm gonna, I'll try to kind of keep an unbiased presentation here, but I think that actually puts more importance on understanding the stories within the story, because if we, um, and I'm trying really hard not to go too far in depth because this is actually something that I spent like four years of my life researching, um, mm-hmm. because if you look at the importance of like mythology, right? So just, just mythology in general, mythology does an amazing job at pulling back the, the curtain 
on a, on any particular society. The the particular myths and the particular legends that a society holds close and holds dear. Uh, and you and we've seen this in Destiny too. And I think I'm trying to think in Destiny, but I, I know for definite fact we've seen this in Destiny too with the Legend of Acris. Um, mm-hmm. And and even you know how Tyra particularly calls out the difference within that myth and then the the myth of our own Icarus and the differences within the ending because the big thing is is that the ending of Icarus is a very uh it's it's a very important lesson about being full of hubris and being full of arrogance and stuff like that whereas Acarus is the exact opposite it's it's encouraging these acts of of uh severe um not necessarily arrogance, but confidence and, you know, seizing the sun itself, you know, there's nothing that you can't do. Whereas Icarus is his wings melted and he, he dies. Acreus rises and he becomes, you know, basically a a divine or a a emperor of of kinds. Um, and so the importance there is that, you know, this speaks a lot to that particular society. And so, even if, even if, so let's play, let's, let me play devil's advocate. Even if ne- uh, Nezarak is, is a fable, even within, even within destiny too, right? Even within destiny. So it's, it's a story within a story. The importance of understanding the, the significance of Nezarak though, is still, I think really big, especially now. So, because now we know that the pieces of information that we get are biased, so what do we have to do? We have to recognize the bias so that we can account for it. Well, the best way to recognize a, a collective bias is to look at the underlying stories and myths that make up that collective, that community. So now granted, the other the counterargument to this counterargument is that Nezarak was from a pre-Golden Age uh, community. Um, so, I mean, there's there's that. Uh, and then there's the other, <coughs> excuse me, the other, the other thing that I also always kind of bring up is the nice thing about playing video games and doing analysis of text within video games is the developer usually doesn't just put things in there to put things in there. Like, you know, usually if we're getting presented with something, there is something to be gleaned from it. The question is what is being gleaned from it? Um, at least you very much hope so. Right. I mean, it, not to say that of all the publishers that Bungie would not be one of the ones that puts a random thing in there to mislead people, but um, I I don't know. Like I, I I kind of don't. I don't know. It to me they they. I don't know. It does. It just doesn't feel like it. I don't know. That's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe that's because I'm hoping that it turns out to be something, you know, really interesting, even if it's just something story wise, I don't even care if it's something like, oh, this is the new PVP meta, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I don't even care about that. I'm just, I'm just actually more interested in seeing where the particular story goes. Right. And yes, sorry, uh, chat saying all myths contain seeds of truth, but yes. So yes, sorry, go beer. And that goes back with like recent one that I put out too, because I, at a very base level, when you start to actually like figure out evidence and everything, there are two levels, like two very small or 
two very overall levels. You've got the the feeling element, and then you have the factual element. Mm-hmm. And neither really are, are wrong in how they handle, because either one, especially even the feelings one, uh, can kind of tie back to you know anything that you might be seeing from the the card or instance that you're reading uh, it's just simply for the fact of going well this is a this is a thing that this uh this passage this is the best thing to say makes me feel and when i start to kind of you know break stuff down based on that it's uh it starts to become a different different perspective that you start to read things um but yeah, it's I'm trying to think of the best way to get myself out of this. The uh, <laughs> the the best way, otherwise, to kind of interpret, say, lore or how to interpret what it is that you're given uh, comes to you know either a feeling sense, which is what a passage may be very much there for, or it could be the factual sense. Uh, it could be a mix of both. Uh, for instance, if we look at, uh, and I'll, I'll quote it, because I think it's an easy one that everybody kind of references back to, the uh, last word. Uh, the last word and thorn quests are great because it showcases the uh, overall idea behind, well, this is a story, but it's a story that's told by somebody, mm-hmm. and it legitimately tells you right in the beginning that it is based off of Shin's memories, uh, both a mix of his own and someone else's figure art gerunds that we end up getting full 100% behind that. Right, right. So, I mean, but yeah, I actually, I really like how that's presented as well. I like the the whole, I can't remember the exact quote, but he's like, yeah, it might not all be true, but it's true enough. It's close yeah. enough to the truth to get the point across, and that's really all that matters. You know, chat right now, we're talking about, um, you know, legends fairy tales myths parables you know what what's ultimately the point of storytelling it's to teach it's to pass a message um there there is entertainment and and granted entertainment is important but the 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 importance of entertainment within storytelling generally is actually it tends to be to help people remember the story and why do you need to remember the story well because (laughs) because it's got an important lesson you know um Mm. And, or, I mean, I mean, and, and there, and there's a lot of argument on that too. You know, there's, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I, I think that, you know, if you look at Grimm's fairy tales, you know, the myths of the ancient world, the legends of, you know, Heracles and the ancient Greek, you know, all this stuff, there are very, very big life lessons embedded in those legends. And that, that was the original point. And, you know, also, we exist in a world today where our main form of communication is not um, oral communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's textual. So there's a degree of um, uh, expectation of certainty within our communications that within, you know, these worlds that myth, fairy tales, parables, all this that were very, very popular that didn't exist. I mean, right it was all word of mouth. Like communication was word of mouth. You know, that, that was you, you learned about something from someone who learned it from someone else. And I mean, anyone who's played a basic game of telephone knows how this goes. The main message may be 
somewhat similar, but <laughs> it's not going to necessarily be verbatim. Um, right. Uh, you know, and that's, and I mean, interestingly enough, that's, that's true even for all the historical texts that we have, you know, if you ever have read anything from like Livy or uh, Plutarch or, you know, any of these, these these people who historians hold as very, very reliable sources of information, even their tales are romanticized, you know? Um, And so, and so that's all to say that, you know, again, the the story, the, the purpose of a story is to teach is to, is to show uh, some kernel of truth and, and about the world that we exist in. And I think, that is to go to say that i mean let's let's be let's be um i don't want to dis i i guess ultimately i don't want to dismiss what you're saying because i agree kind of with it uh beard but i i also think that given the information that we have now about the state of the the lore uh within destiny which actually in a way makes it more realistic uh which kind of makes me actually kind of like it a little bit more. Um, but the, the, because it is the, because we have been informed that that's kind of the, the nature of this information that actually makes wanting to break apart the legends and myths and, you know, even the, the common chatter, if you will, the vernacular of the city. I mean, that, that really, to me makes it even more important. Mm-hmm. So, but, um, well, I go Justin. Oh, no, I was just going to say, what was Oryx before he was Oryx to us? Before he was this giant, winged, club-footed nightmare. Um, he was simply, he was simply Rahul saying over and over, Oryx dead king, Oryx dead king. Mm-hmm. Like, And you were like, okay. And he was just whispers of a something um, who, you know, to us at the time, could have been one of the thousand nothings, you know, that never materialize into anything, or he could have been our next raid boss. So like, that's what I love. Well, it's, it's one of the things I love about the, uh, the presentation of the story is that, you know, you really can't take anything for granted. I think a lot of us wrote off, um, Rezal Azir, I think a lot of us wrote off the thorn storyline. I think a lot of us wrote these things off and said, yeah, these will never be resolved. You know, it's, it's a cool little ancillary type item in the, the pantheon of destiny lore, but it's, it's never going to be anything that, that is significant. Um, and you just get these little tidbits and Mm -hmm. you, you can follow them down rabbit holes and follow those rabbit holes to some, Many times something asinine, but sometimes, <laughs> just sometimes, you see a stag helmet in Nezarek Sam, and then you realize that the game has changed. <laughs> the game is afoot. <laughs> Actually, it's a helmet, Sorry. but whatever. <laughs> the game is ahead. Um, yeah, so that's my take on it. No, I, I mean, and, and uh, unless you guys really have something else, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I I don't really, I mean, I don't have anything. <laughs> I think we, I think we kind of did a pretty decent job of, of breaking this one out. Yeah. 
I'm going to say plenty of different ways to kind of take it and going with current, you know, conversations on on how lore is and everything right now with the state of it. And I have my disagreements in terms of like how it's all kind of put together right now. Right, but right. The the overall inkling and idea behind it, I've I've always, for God's sake, I was one of the first people that ended up starting talking about the speaker being a complete and utter jerk. Because I read between the lines. What? He is the nicest old man. I don't know why you always pick on him. I know. I'm just a big jerk myself. This is why everybody calls me Asher Mir, because I do nothing but complain and compare people to utter utter twat muffins that don't deserve anything. I'm going to send you a one-armed sweater. Wow. Wow. Well, at least so long as you got Zavala to knit it. I mean, that'd be fine. Zavala. Zavala. Zavuzuzela. You can't punch it. I simply headbutt it. It's not metaphorical. And it's not a metaphor. But no, with, um, you know, I, I've always kind of been the one that points, uh, has always been in, in that uh, that camp, if you will, uh, to say that if I read, if I read something, I'm not going to take it as vernacular unless it has something where it's like written log. That's right, where right, I right. start to hold some issue. Meanwhile, if I tie that back towards something like Nezarek, I've got one story to go by. And mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. where some of the other inklings kind of can be like, well, something can probably produce from this because we had it with Oryx. And I do always remember Oryx because everybody was like, well, nothing's going to end up coming to this. It's like, you know, the shrines of Oryx and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, oh, well, we hear the name often enough. We'll probably hear something about it later. Right, right. And we did. Uh, Nazarek, we may see something. You know, we've got some of those concept arts that people want to commonly point back out towards, and I'm still looking at it going, no, it's probably just a Sabathun thing, but that's mm-hmm. me. Um, and there's there's all these different interpretations, which is one thing that I definitely still enjoy and love about the lore of Destiny and the way that they've kind of crafted the story overall. Uh, inconsistency is aside, <laughs> saving that conversation elsewhere. Uh, the biggest thing, though, is just uh, some people got so caught up and so tied up on especially the last word and like, well, this better be straight fact. And I'm like, it isn't like it's even noted in the very, very beginning of the the story overall that it's from memory and memory is a very it, it's a very inconsistent thing, fortunately. Uh, it's very fickle. Yeah, at least very fickle. <laughs> Trust me, it doesn't get any better. Um, <laughs> but the 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 biggest thing is just kind of like you know, for one thing, tempers flared pretty hard when all of that ended up starting. To begin with, um, always take a step back, always kind of think about it a little bit further. Um, I'll I'll still say with a cool head that Nezarek is nothing but a pre golden age story and. The fact that we can actually pin it as a pre-Golden Age story tells me it's not something like Books of Sorrow, mm-hmm. because we still don't have a full date that's listed behind that. Uh, the Those arguments are 
are loose. There's still arguments, but they're loose. They at least have some grounding in terms of like factual ideas and so on. So I'm not going to push them away, but for the time being, for the way that the evidence that is kind of listed, that's, that's the thing is kind of pulling the, the factual or historical events from the, the tale. If I, I'll, I'll pull a recent one since we're talking about the city age a little bit, uh, throughout this episode, the city age card goes into the events of the concordant and Lysander being, uh, pushed away or at least ousted from the consensus. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily know the details behind that, but we know that that was at least a factual point that it, that occurred. We also know that it happened sometime a little bit after the gap. We also know that that was about when future war cults inception ended up becoming a thing. You know, these are, these are the facts behind what the, the, the record that might be listed here, even if it is a, a consensus meeting might've been, but without an actual record code, it still has to be questioned. Right. So always think about that on the ideas of folklore versus the simple ideas behind like a story or behind other ideas of, of factual evidence. Uh, that's, I think, where my my issue lied. Um, that's that's where my issue lies with Nazarect and why I'm still looking at it trying to be like, I want to comment on this. But people are going to hate me even more. I don't really <laughs> want to be hated even more. I really just want to be like, you know, here's my two minute video on Nezarek. Y- y'all ever heard of a story? Uh, <laughs> anyway, I'll shut up. I am rambling. Well, and I, and I think that that actually is a good segue into shout outs, too. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you continue so. rambling for a couple minutes. Well, all right, fine. Since you opened the floor to me, this is this is your own floor, funeral. Um, so, shout outs wise, uh, I really have to give a big one to uh, Doctor Jazzy Bebop. Uh, mm. She has been a a wonderful little per, uh, little wealth of knowledge to kind of bounce uh, back and forth on ideas over the past week or two, really. Uh, and it's been an awesome little thing to kind of connect with her a little bit more, uh, just for uh, lore's implications, the story, and how both of us kind of had this thing that we connected with, and it was just, it, it was awesome. Uh, being able to, you know, a- as it is on this show, it's awesome to to bounce off ideas off of you guys and, you know, cu- kind of come back and forth between the same topic and figure out that, oh, we we like the same thing after all, or, oh, we're really not that different between each other. So. We don't have to hate each other, yay! Uh, but these are the why things can't that, we you know, be friends? Be friends? Why can't we be friends? Anyway, that's where. Uh, why can't we know, be Jed- friends? <laughs> you didn't get me a beer. This is why we can't be friends. Um, I got you one. I just drank it. We talked. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, now that we've established that Justin is the Devram K of beers, uh, <laughs> we're just going to carry carry on. You owe me a beer. So, no, Jazzy's been been an awesome little, uh, like I said, wealth of knowledge to to kind of bounce back and forth off of, and you know, understand that we're we're not crazy for thinking the ways that we are. Uh, and that's where you know the shout out goes a little bit further, uh, and it still kind of goes back to one that we kind of commonly go with. My door is open to absolutely anybody to uh, reference back and forth between either lore or other stories or other things you need to talk about. 
Uh, and it it's more so that I say this because you're not crazy. You probably have some point in fact that you need to establish. You might not necessarily have the words for it properly, but we'll get you there. Uh, and that's where I think that's the, the best thing is that ideas start with just a, a small little spark. Uh, so if I can ever help in, in terms of talking with anybody or working with anybody and we can, you know, come up with something, I, I had that same thing happen with, I don't know, freaking Firu and, and, uh, Mr. Happy Sad, Sad Deaths and whatnot. Just a, a bunch of people that, that I can think of over the last year that, uh, thought they were nuts. And I was just like, you're, you're not. Like you're you're having fun with a game like you should be, and you're just getting an another level of enjoyment out of it with something that a lot of people have cared about for centuries now, which is, you know, story. Words. So, yes, words. Plenty of words. But anyway, that I've you 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 brought this upon yourself, Blue, because my <laughs> rambling is, is now over. Justin, what about you? Uh, yeah, that's well put, Beard. Well put indeed. You know, I probably wouldn't even be on this podcast if Blue hadn't answered my my very um, naive question of, hey, what what does BOS mean? Because <laughs> in Texas, we have a POS, but that's something different. And, and he was like, no, BOS is Books of Sorrow. I was like, oh, okay. Well, what are those? He was like, here they are in PDF form. And if you need to talk about them, these are my office hours. And, and, <laughs> and here you go. And, and, and then so rabbit holes ensued. But I guess what my point is, like, um, I guess we, we all have this, this kind of nagging little voice or some of us do. I, I don't I don't think I have one, but that that tells us that our ideas are not valid and we should keep them to ourselves. You know, like and you should overcome that. You should overcome that because um, the most random little comment from the most random little person, not random little person, that's weird, but um, (laughs) the most random little comment out of the blue from an unexpected source can spark an an amazing conversation and a tangent and and then another tangent. And next thing you know, there's a podcast and um, and now I get to talk to Beard whenever I want. So I'm winning, I'm winning at life, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying always never feel like you can't approach anyone. You know, I I walk up to anybody, tell them what I think. Um, Also, I would like to send a very hearty shout out to um, green eyed music lover. Um, it's a very boys club feel tonight. I think we were missing green a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. I, neither one of you ever called me hun. So <laughs> I, you know, mixed feelings on the night, but, um, yeah, yeah. Green, uh, we miss you. Yes. And, uh, yeah, miss you. And also, um, the last shout out is for, uh, kind of, it's, it's a concept that I knew about. Everybody has been sending me pictures of snakes, which um, I don't like. And uh, so I kind of was looking into this and I want to give a big I want to give a big shout out 
to the to the only honorable thing a snake ever did. Um, so there there is one instance of a snake doing an honorable thing, and I, I it took me forever to find it, and I finally found it. And now everyone sending me snake gifts can know that I appreciate the one honorable thing a snake ever did. And that is, are you familiar, Blue, with the Ouroboros? Yes. <laughs> Snakes, if you're listening, if we have any snake listeners, eat yourself. <laughs> eat yourself. When I saw the Ouroboros for the first time, I thought... Here's here's a snake that gets it. <laughs> and I thought to myself, that somehow has to be a part of my shout outs. And here we are. Why do we give him a spot? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> Obvious sarcasm for anybody that can pick it up. An- animal magnetism? I don't know. <laughs> animal magnetism. Oh, it's got, it's got parts of real panther in it. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that, <laughs> to yeah. be honest. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh. Oh, yo, yo, yo. Really oh my sure God. If I said Ouroboros. Correctly, but it doesn't matter. No, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it doesn't really matter. That wasn't no, that wasn't were, the important part of that entire you conversation. Were, <laughs> you were you were proper there, sir. You were proper. Oh my god, that was great. <laughs> Eat yourself. Oh. <laughs> And the ending shout out. Just eat yourself. <laughs> hashtag oh hashtag out. eat yourself. <laughs> Don't follow Justin's <laughs> advice, everybody. All right. So, oh, just putting that oh out. Oh my there. god. Oh. <laughs> so, so next week's topic is going to be the EXO and artificial. Oh, oh my god, I'm going to die. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, EXO and artificial intelligence. So be sure to let us know your thoughts on that. Oh my gosh, your thoughts on that one. Uh, a big shout out to to the just the team here like you guys are i think i think everyone collectively across the planet is having like just a really really bad month like i don't know what it is but this past week and the week before has been for me it's been really well we had we had a lot going on at the office um but it's been really stressful um i know you know I've, I've talked to green. I know, you know, Justin, we were talking, you guys are going through, you know, stressful stuff on your guys' side. Uh, you know, just open Twitter up to any of the content creators and you'll see stress coming out of them. I don't know what's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm not privy to anyone else, but I know for me, especially it's been like, you know, I've, I've been picking up on that. So I just really, really, want to say thank you to you know justin you know for for bringing some for some light into every week um you know beard and, you know beard putting up with our arguments and green you know for keeping everyone sane really but mm. i mean ultimately this this community as just being being the safe place that it is like i don't have to worry ab- about things being said 
in the discord chat, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, it's predominantly a self-moderating community. And I, I really, really appreciate that. Um, you know, just as I've personally left a, a number of communities recently, just simply because I just, I'm, I have enough stress in my, in my life, just from professional life that I don't need to, to deal with the, I, I don't Do want to call an it I do- child to look after. Right. Yeah. yeah oh God. Yeah. I wasn't going to go there, but yes, yes, I, I do. Um, and it's like, and, and the drama from him is understandable. He's four. Um, but, but like, I mean, it's just, you know, there's so many, there's so many things going on in the world around us, um, that, that we, we take for granted and that we don't, you know, we, we focus on in the big picture things, big picture of things, some some of the stuff that we focus on and we 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 create all this drama about is is trivial. Um, and, you know, that to me is sometimes hard to accept um, and hard to deal with. And so to have a place like the FFC where you can go and, you know, and 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 vent to people uh, who understand that it's just a vent and it's not anything personal against them is really important. And I really appreciate everyone in the community for providing that space to everyone else in the community. Uh, I know beard has, has their own, has his discord has their own area as well, but yeah, it's just, to me, that's, that's going to always be one of those eternal shout outs is the community here has just been simply amazing. Um, but before I, before I go on a beard, length tangent um let's let's run through the outro um i'm gonna I'll, I'll try to not die laughing in the background while we do that but we'll stick around for a bit of an after show with that we'll begin to wrap the chat up thank you again to those over on twitch for coming to spend your evening with us if you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focus chat Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or comments for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing podcast partners within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time... Focus your fire and may your light shine bright.